You know, we've always had the empty tomb on the, on the platform. We've always had the stone that was rolled away. We've always had the cross where Jesus died. And the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there'd be no remission for sin. We're here today because Jesus took our place at Calvary. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. Isaiah said he, in chapter 53, he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon his shoulders, and with the stripes we are healed. And each year we've always portrayed this back in the days that Jesus lived here on earth. But we're going to fast forward this morning. How many like to drive fast? All right. No highway patrols in the building this morning. You can raise your, feel free to raise your hand. We're going to fast forward to the 20th century, and we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ this morning. We will allow this casket, this place before the podium this morning, to represent the empty tomb. And the casket is simply a container that will all be laid in one day when our spirit is, is, um, gradu- has graduated from the house that we live in. And the Bible says to be absent from this house to, is to be present with the Lord. We're looking this morning to a familiar scripture that we use each year. It's one of my favorites found in the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to share the first eight verses with this this morning as we open our message. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they, rem- and they remembered his word. As we celebrate this morning the empty tomb, not only do we represent the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, but we're here to celebrate the fact that he said, because I live, you can live also. And as we, as we take this moment today to reflect upon the goodness of God and the fact that we have a risen Savior, He's our best friend. He knows where we're at. He knows what we have need of this morning. He knows exactly how you're feeling today, and He knows, knows what we're fighting as I was thinking about the reasons why Easter is such an awesome celebration, I began to think about the reasons why Jesus would die on the cross for somebody like me. How God would only give His only begotten Son, Jesus, to come to this world and redeem humanity, which is you and me. I think about why would a father that only had one son be willing to give his life and bridge the bridge between heaven and earth so that you and I could live a life in abundance and have the hope beyond the grave. Then I think about the horrible death as we come to the point that Jesus traveled this road before he came to his resting place in the tomb where his body rested but his spirit returned to the innermost part of the earth. And there was a great battle that took place. And Jesus fought Satan and he brought the keys of death held in the grave when he came back to show himself alive. Give him praise in the house this morning. He's worthy of our praise. 
Jesus didn't die just an ordinary death. He was, he was beaten beyond recognition. He hung between two thieves as he gave up the, his breath, last breath on the cross. And then he was laid in a borrowed tomb. But then we come to the hour that we're celebrating this morning. There's no grave that could hold our Savior down. He came alive, and he's alive forevermore. And he's alive, and he's alive in you and me. And because he lives, we can live also. I think about the friendship that Jesus had, even though it was the religious people that had put him to death. I think about the gentleman named Joseph of Arimathea that asked Pilate for the body of Jesus, wrapped him in, in linen and took him to a, the borrowed tomb. And that tomb had been hewn out of a rock. It was a man-made place where the body of somebody that passed away could be laid. And no doubt Joseph had purchased that or had it built just for himself. Today, this red casket is a man-made piece of equipment that carries the bodies of people when they leave planet Earth. And, and we're just here this morning to think about the goodness of God and how the, through the centuries that's rolled by from the time that Jesus walked planet Earth until you and I walk, walk today, how he's made provision for every step of life's journey. And as we look this morning... At, why would Jesus love us enough? Why would Jesus place his own life in the hands of cruel people so that you and I could live? And there's one bond that always speaks loud and clear, and it's because of the love of Jesus that you and I can say, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. It's because of the love of the Father that allowed his Son to come to this world and, live, and, and, and die in such a cruel way that, that it's only love that expresses the expression that God has given to us. And he did it on purpose and for a reason. Did you know that, that had Jesus not came to this world, you and I would have no hope beyond the grave? Have you ever thought about walking to the grave of a loved one with no hope that you'd ever meet them again? Have you ever thought about how lonesome it would be to think, this is it? This is it. I will, I will never see that person again. And maybe, you know, and all you have to cling to is memories. But the Bible says because Jesus lives, we can live also. And, and as we look at the ability that God gives us to look beyond the veil of tears and beyond the grave today, we can look beyond the veil of the time that Jesus died and rose again. And Jesus says, He that believeth on me, the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Have you ever thought about this? A dead river cannot give up living water. A dead tree cannot give live fruit. And a dead church cannot give... Right, moving on. God wants you to know that He's alive. Not only is He alive, but He wants to express His life to you and me. And He wants to become our best friend. He wants to lead and guide us down the pathway of life. He wants us to realize that He's made a way where there seems to be no way. In the moments when it seems like nobody cares, He wants us to know that He cares. He cared enough in that while I was a miserable, wretched sinner, He loved me enough to die for my sins. As we think about the price that's been paid for our redemption, he did this because he wanted to bridge the gap not only between heaven and earth, but he wanted a family, and he chose you and I. And as we look at the way that we become a part of the family, 
We will never have to die on the cross and shed the blood and be beaten like Jesus was beaten. We'll never be nailed to a tree like he was nailed to a tree. And we will never go through the pain and agony somebody ripping our clothes off as we're dying and gambling for them like he did. But one thing we do, we have to remember the words that's given to us in the pages of God's Word. And the way we become friends with Jesus is accepting the plan that he has, the plan of salvation. And we realize the redeeming blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary is what washes our sins away. And today, the Bible says when we accept Jesus as our best friend, as far as the east is from the west, our sins are forgiven. I think about the price that Jesus paid, and then I think about what it cost you and me to become a friend of Jesus. And I remember the words that he gave us. As we look many times at the things that are going on in our world, we see the things that are troubling and perplexing. And I see about see the crime that's raging on every hand and how life seems to be worthless to many people. I think about how important it is to realize the price that Jesus has paid so that we could all have life and have it more abundantly. I'm always drawn to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And this is a scripture that God gives to all of us so that we can become more acquainted with him, so that we can become a family. God wants a family. He's not looking for a church denomination. He's looking for a family of God that will love him and worship him and follow him. And here's what he says, By this shall all men know you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that awesome? And the way that Jesus expressed this is that he lived that way. On the moments that he was dying on the cross, dying a horrendous death, he lifts his eyes as good as he could toward heaven. And this is what flows through his lips. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. If Jesus set this example for you and for me, what's the deal about forgiving and loving one another? He wants a family. He wants a family that's built on love. He wants a family that's built on the principles of his word. He wants a, a, a family that has, has Christ living inside of them so that they'll have good things to say, so they'll know what to do when trying times come. And they, we can only do this by remembering his word. David said, his word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light to my pathway. When do we need to light the worst? in the darkest moments of our life. And we've all had dark moments in our life. There have been moments when I didn't know whether the sun would ever shine again. There have been moments I cried out, God, this was not in the book. I, real, I did, had no idea this was how things would turn out. And the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit always says, I'm with you. I'm going to take you, I'm going to carry you through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to love you until your spirit is healed and the wounds of your heart is mended together. And then I'm reminded of what the Word says. Jesus came to this world and he spoke these words and he spoke it through a prophet. Almost 800 years before he came, the prophet Isaiah said, There's one coming who will be wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, chastisement of his, your peace will be upon his shoulders and with his stripes you'll be healed 
And then, he, and then he said, this is what he'll say. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to bind up brokenhearted people. Can I ask you this morning, how many friends do you have whose heart is broken? How many people do you know that live in your area of friendship this morning whose heart is broken? Jesus came to bind up brokenhearted people. Question number two, how many have friends that have addictions this morning? Are there, their, their bodies are attached to something that does not promote a good life, and they, they're in a bondage of, of being addicted to something in their life, and it wasn't, it wasn't really their plan to go this way, but they got sucked in by the vacuum of an addiction, and today they're bound in a prison with a hopeless veil draped over their vision. Jesus says, I've come to set at liberty those that are held in captivity. I'm here, he said, I'll come to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. And if you're here this morning in this building, you're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're here through the divine providence of God. And he wanted me to tell you how much he loves you and the provision he's made for your life. The Bible says if in this life only we had hope, we'd be of all people most miserable. But there's a hope beyond the veil of tears. There's a hope beyond the, the grave. One day we're going to be united with our family that have known Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And it'll be one of the greatest homecomings that man has ever known. I'd just like to draw your attention to the bridge of your life that will allow you to walk into the presence of God and meet Him in a personal way. And it's found in the book of Romans, chapter 10, and verse 9. And it says this, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you can be saved. How simple can it be? If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You're here this morning because you realize there's not a grave that could hold our Savior down. You're here today because you've witnessed through, through, not only through history but through the Bible and through the ways that people live that we serve a risen Savior today. You're a believer already. But maybe you have never confessed with your mouth. I want you to be Lord of my life. Again, Romans 10, 9 says if you'll confess with your mouth. We make a lot of confessions, don't we? We make a lot of confessions. The greatest confession you'll ever make is when you open your mouth to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, I want to confess my sins to you. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, and I want to be saved. And when I accept you as my personal Savior, I know that not only will I have a, a new life, the Spirit of the Lord will be in, living inside of me, but I'll have a new vision on what you have in store for the remaining part of my life. And maybe you're here and you hear the voice. You say, well, you know, that will work for some people, but it won't work for all. I'm glad you, told, you mentioned that to me because in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever, whoever calls. The only body that will be left out is a person who fails to confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that God raised his son from the dead and all you've got to do is call on him today the reward for accepting Jesus Christ as your best friend is the most awesome trip you'll ever take and I want you right where you're sitting this morning I want you to bow your head with me and I'm going to lead you in a prayer 
this morning. And if you'll pray this prayer with all your, with all your heart, you'll mean this prayer. That Jesus is going to come into your life this moment in this Easter service today at Elm Grove. And with your permission, he's going to lift a load of sin out of your life. Not only is he going to do that, he's going to place the Holy Spirit into your life. And you're going to walk out of here a new person because you've met my best friend. And his name is Jesus, the one who died, who rose again. And he's in in the heavenly places this morning, and he's watching over all of us. With our heads bowed, I want to relieve this congregation in this sinner's prayer today. You may have been a Christian for years and years, but let's just all pray it together. And let's just let it be an encouragement to those that may never have prayed the sinner's prayer. Shall we bow and and I'll lead the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful today that I have permission from heaven to confess my sins. Lord Jesus, I've been a sinner, but I want to be saved from my sins. I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord Jesus who died on the cross, who rose again. I realize this morning that I need your help from this day forward. Lord Jesus, I want you to be my best friend. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins and for writing my name in the book of life. I want everybody to look this way this morning. Not only did you pray a sinner's prayer, but something happened today that is vitally important for you to remember. The Bible says heaven rejoices when one sinner prays a sinner's prayer and means it with all of his heart. Not only does Jesus forgive you of your sins as far as the east is from the west, but he writes your name in the book of life. One day we're all going to stand before him and he's going to look in the book to see if our name is there. My prayer is there's not anybody in this building this morning that will leave without knowing that your name is written in the book. We go to many, many funerals, and Luke and, and, his, and the Redinger Funeral Home always has a book outside the door, and you register so that the family, after the service is over, will know that you've been there. And more times than once, I've met people and said, you know, I just can't make it. Would you sign me in? And, and, and the family will know I was thinking of them. I need to tell you, I have signed many people in to that book, but only you can sign the book of life. Only you can give the Lord the, the permission to write your name. And God wants you to know today, he's willing, he's willing that none should perish. He's willing that none should perish because it all should come to repentance. And today, if you prayed that sinner's prayer, God has not only forgiven you, but he's written your name in the book of life. And you're saved. You're on the road to heaven today. Let me ask you this morning, do you really know him? Do you really know who you've accepted as your best friend? If not, listen. Hallelujah. We're trusting that everyone in this building this morning has taken this opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your best friend. And as you continue the journey of life, You'll join Jesus Christ, and every day he'll take you by the hand, and he'll lead you down the pathway of righteousness. Listen to me. Jesus wasn't crucified and resurrected so that we could punch a ticket into heaven and pray and hope that we make it to the sweet by and by. Listen. Listen. 
No, he died. He rose again that we might thrive in the nasty now and nigh. Now and, and now he lives and he makes intercession for you and I. And he came not only to give us life, but he came to give it more abundantly. Luke, would you bring your helper and come to the casket? Something is about to happen in this building this morning. As the funeral directors come to this part of the service, everybody gets ready to take a look, one last look at their friend, their neighbor, maybe it's been a companion that they're saying goodbye to. But I want you to see the new you this morning. And as this casket is open, if you've prayed that sinner's prayer, if you've rededicated your life, I want you to see the life that Jesus now has imparted to you, and you'll walk out of here a brand new person when you open the casket. That's your life in Christ today. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's make some noise. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 There are those here today. You've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. But you walked into the sanctuary this Easter morning loaded down. Your heart is heavy. You're trying to make it through the journey. And every day you just say, Lord, if there's some way. If there's some way, just any way, if you can just lend a helping hand to make it through this day. And the baggage that you and I as Christians carry through life, many times it's hard for us to enjoy life. It's hard for us to enjoy our family. It's hard for us to enjoy going to church simply because of all of the load that the enemy does his best to load us down with. And I want to tell you something. This casket is not only empty because of the resurrected Savior, but we're going to fill it again. How about it? Come on, put your hands together. We're going we're gonna to bury something this morning in this casket that will never haunt you again if you'll allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. Guilt. We're going to bury guilt. Every Christian in this building that has been dealing with guilt because of your past, because of a failure, we're burying guilt this morning. And every time it shows its face again, you can say, in Jesus' name, my best friend gave me the authority over that, and I'll never be plexed again, perplexed with guilt. Shame. I'm so loaded down. Somebody knows my history. Somebody knows my shortcomings, and I just can't live in victory. I can't go to that church. I can't be the kind of Christian that I want to be simply because my life is filled with shame. Others walked into this building this morning. You're so weighted down with worry. You just don't know how things are going to work out. Let me tell you what the Word of God says in Romans 8, 28. He says, I'll work them out for good if you'll put your trust in me. So we're going to bury, we're going to bury that this morning. We're going to put it in the casket, and we're going to live in victory. Sin, sin. Have you ever heard this voice as a Christian? Some Christian you are. You just keep doing the same old, same old. Let me tell you something. Jesus never promised us that we'd be perfect. He promised us that he would put, give a, us a resurrected life so that in him we could live, move, and have our being. Give him praise this morning. He he's, wants you to bury that today. What else would we find that loads us down as, as Christian? Failure. Maybe you've failed this morning. Maybe you, your marriage has failed. Maybe you've failed financially. Maybe you're just a failure as a, as, as a parent. Let me say this this morning. We're going to bury failure. Do you know failure is a door into the future of success? 
And when you fail, make sure you fail forward because failure can never keep you down. One a friend was saying a few days ago, he said, he was praying, he said, Lord, why are my enemies always trying to put me down when I'm always in deep water? And the voice of the Holy Spirit says, be, be, be encouraged, my friend, your enemy can't swim. <laughs> regret. Those of you may have walked into this building this morning with a lot of regret. If only I hadn't have made that mistake. If only if I just had it to do over. And you can't see the future because the enemy just continues to weight you down with regret. Listen to me. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. So we're bearing regret this morning in the name of Jesus. Other bondage and luggage that we as Christians carry around to the point it's so hard to lift our hands when we come to church because of the past. It's so hard to have victory in Jesus because of our past. And the, the enemy is always a liar, but he always comes to church with us, and he always sits on our shoulder instead of keeping him under the, our feet where, where he belongs. Listen this morning. Your past is forgiven. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this morning, if you prayed the sinner's prayer, your past is covered by the blood of Jesus, and he will never, ever remind you of it again. Give him praise in the house this morning. I love this one. I, I, I regret as a minister of the gospel, I, I wish that I never had to put anything in the casket to bury but every day I meet this little fellow along the, and the, along the pathway and the journey of life. Every day he tries to show up on my doorstep, and every day he tries to tell me a new lie. And the old lie is nothing but deception. But I remember the word. And the Bible says, For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I can bury fear this morning because perfect love cast out all of my fear. I remember the word. Hallelujah. On and on. How many are getting lighter this morning? How many have something in the casket you're not going to take out of the casket and take it home with you today? Just me? Lack. Lack. Have you ever said this? If only I had a house like that. If only I could drive a vehicle like that. If only I could dress like those people dress. If only I could just live in victory. Those people never have any trouble. Their, their family is perfect. Everything they do turns to money. If I could just live like them. And you can remember the word. The Bible says, if any man lacks anything, let him ask of his God. And he gives liberally. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalm says, Seven times a day will I praise you for your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes us to stumble. I'm going to ask our funeral directors this morning to come and close the lid on that casket. And let me tell you something. If there's something in that casket that you brought to the service this morning, please hear me loud and clear. The funeral director is not going to open this casket and let you take it home with you. You do not have permission to do that because the Bible says you've been freed. Amen. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Put your hands together one more time. Would you do that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
I'd like to close with the scripture this morning. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul started out, he was, a, he, he was probably a, one of the most notorious criminals there was. He'd walk into churches just like, just like a, the people in, in foreign countries do today, and they'd, they'd, they'd kill the Christians, and, and they'd, they'd do everything. They'd set the churches on fire. And he, Paul, Paul was so, so wound up with the demonic spirits that he did everything that he could to destroy the Christian family. But one day, Jesus knocked on his heart's door. Blindness swept across him for hours until one day he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he turned this man around. And I want you to listen to the words that he, after he's committed all these horrendous crimes against the family, after he sent many Christians into eternity, premature because he was not on the right road serving the Lord. I want you to listen to the voice of a man that had given his heart, soul, mind, body, and strength to the Lord. And here's what he says, dealing with everything that you and I would deal with. He carefully pins these words in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let us lay aside the weights and the sins that easily besets us. And let us run, let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Looking to one who's the author, the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him... He, he went to the cross. He, he despised what happened, but he went to the cross. He gave his life so that you, can, I, you and I can enjoy the plan that he's given to you and me. Today is the greatest Easter that we've ever witnessed. And we're going to do something in closing this morning that we've never done. But in just a moment, our funeral director will go to the aisle where you're seated. And they're going to usher you by this casket. On the, on the end of each pew this morning, if you make it, made a decision for the Lord, whether you made it 20 years ago, 50 years ago, or whether you made it this morning, we want you, as you pass this casket, we want you to write your name in one of these books. There's two books, so we'll, we will move through here fairly rapidly. But at the pew where you're seated this morning, have you already had those passed out? You already have it? I want you to write on that brick this morning that you've been handed the thing that you're going to put in this casket this morning as you walk by. And when you leave here this morning, you're saying, Lord, with your help, I will never pick that brick up again. I will never be, when the temptation comes for me to be afraid, when the temptation comes for me to give leeway to, to, the, to the addiction that I've been so wrapped up in prison with, I will refuse in Jesus' name to seek torment again from something that's not pleasing to the Lord. I want you to take your brick this morning. I want you to write. And as you write this morning, I want you just to let Jesus touch your heart. I want you to be honest with the Lord. I want you to be honest with yourself. Don't, please don't sign it. The Lord already knows who we are. He already knows where we're at. Just write the very thing that you're going to leave in the casket this morning as you pass this way. Make sure that your name is in the book of life. Make sure when you leave here this morning, you've witnessed before the congregation and before heaven that your name is in the book of life. Tonight, when you lay your head on the pillow, you'll have this assurance. If I should never wake, 
on this earth, I'll wake up in glory land because my name is written in the book of life. Would you stand this morning? Luke, I'm going to release you, you and your helper this morning to begin to get ready to usher. We're going to open the casket today so that those cards, those bricks can be laid. As you're ushered through this morning, we're going to pray. And I want you to come by. I want you to lay your brick in the casket. And I want you to sign the book before you leave. And uh, there'll be treats out in the foyer for the kids this morning. We want everybody to be treated before you, you leave. If you're a guest this morning. We'll have a, a, a gift for you before you leave. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our service today. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your blessings. We want to thank you for your awesome presence today and the goodness of God. We want to thank you for those that made the decision to follow you this morning for the first time. Lord, today we just thank you, Lord, for this resurrection day that we celebrate this, this holiday called Easter. Lord, today there will be lives that will leave this building that will never be the same. And we give all the praise to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.